for the support of a, uh, a nonprofit organization like Sierra Delta. And I've often said, look it up, uh, SierraDelta.com, SierraDelta.com. But it's a great, great, great organization. BJ's a really good guy. And I saw that pop up today, and it really it, it, it made my heart smile. Uh, the owners of Smoke on the Water are, are Joe and Ellen Hennis. They do a lot of great uh, stuff in regards to veterans, include a motorcycle ride that helps benefit Fisher House as well. And they're some big supporters of our ride, have been for a long time, big supporters of the show. But they got a nice honor yesterday. So if, you, if you're out in that direction and uh, you want to stop in, tell them congratulations and thank them because they do so much for that community out there. So just wanted to let you know that. Just wanted to let you know that. Um, this one is from, uh, this is from Boo Babe who says, uh, I think the Craig Council has done a fantastic job. I'd hate to see Burns go. The pitching staff will be intact once Woodruff comes back. Do you think just good pitching could get them to the promised land? As much as I'd like to believe that, no. You need a bat or you or the guys that you have currently to get hot. But just say we have great pitching, that's not going to win you a championship. Just it's, it's, You need both. Now again, could could it happen that um, you know? Could it happen that Adamas starts to hit and Urias starts to hit and Rowdy Telez starts to find his power numbers in the month of July and August and you know you keep Christian Yelich uh, on the uptick and all of that could happen. You know, if guys start to get back to what it is there, the back of their baseball card looks at looks like sure. You know, but I I think you need. Uh, Brewers-wise, you you got to find yourself a spark somewhere. Whether it's a young guy that comes up and starts to give an energy, um, I, you know, I don't know. Greg says, what about Garrett Mitchell? He's done for the rest of the season for the most part. I mean, maybe, maybe you get him back in late August. But I, I think for the most part he's done for, for this year. And he was a spark. He, he, he I agree with that. I agree with that. He was that spark, but... I think uh, for this season, I don't think you can count on that. I don't think you can count on that return, to be perfectly honest. 877-867-1670. Ricky says, on the outside looking in, as a Twins fan, I see a lot of similarities between the Brewers and the Twins. Good pitching, bad hitting, can't get uh, the bunt down when they need to, can't advance the runners. Uh, constantly tinkering, tinkering with the lineup, it seems to be a problem here as well. It's not just a Craig Council thing. It is a league-wide thing. So fans understand where the sabermetrics of baseball currently stand. That is always trying to tinker with the lineup, putting a guy in a position to be successful statistically against the guy that they are about to face. Ricky, I, I, that's, yeah, that's, we were discussing that earlier, um, that that's the way of baseball. No, you know, tell me this. What was the last team you can look at the lineup and say, here it is? Top to bottom, you can read it off. You know, I, I go back to the, the, you know, I hate to say the old days, but I go back to the last team that I can remember. Now they were a championship team, but I can go, you know, Foster and left. Geronimo in center, Griffey in right, Rose at third, Concepcion in short, Morgan at second, Perez at first, bench behind the plate, and then throw the pitchers out there. But that was the last starting lineup I could look at and go, oh, yeah, no problem. Every night, that's what it is. That's it. 
you could probably look at it back in the days of Molitor and Yount and Gorman and, you know, Gumby at second, Cecil Cooper and company. I mean, you can go look at all of that and say, okay, there, you know, Ted Simmons behind the plate. That that team, the 82 team, you can go around the, the infield and the outfield and can name off every player in every position because that's where they started and that's where they stayed. You can always look at Braun in left, J.J. at short, Billy at second, Prince at first. You know, you can go through that lineup too. Corey was out and right, you know. And even then, you were mixing and matching, trying to find a third baseman, trying to find a consistent center fielder. Your catching was, you know, was good. Lyle Overbay uh, was was solid at first for a while, too. You know, you can go through that, you know, go back to that team when Overbay was here before. You know, Richie was here before Prince was here. You can, you, but, but to go through an entire lineup and say this is the way it is, lefty or righty, doesn't matter, this is what we're going to give you, yeah, it's tough. It's tough. And, and you, you look at certain guys, they were utility guys. You know, Billy was a second baseman, then he was an outfielder. They were moving guys around. You know, they forever tried to find a third baseman. Corey McGetty was going to be the guy, and then they were trying to find closers. And it just, you, you, you just, you know, it's always been the tinkering. And then as time has gone on and more and more and more have we relied upon the sabermetrics and the analytics, then it's just, it's blow it up, blow it up, right? Uh, eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Mike says, um, I've been a Brewers fan since 1970. Try not to get too high or too low. Just want to see a World Series before I die. Um, and I, I said this earlier today. The, the frustration today comes from last night. It doesn't come from the overall season because this team still is only a half game back, still above 500, still has a legitimate shot at winning the division, still can catch fire in certain areas for guys that are completely underperforming. The second half of their season can be a lot better. And if it is, guys start to hit back to the back of their baseball card. Then you look for Christian Yelich to get better, Rowdy Telez to get better, Willie Adamas to get better, Luis Urias to get better, Wilson uh, William Contreras to get better. All these guys start to hit better. And if that happens, different team. Different team. If the pitching... Woodruff comes back and you don't get rid of Corbin Burns and you got Burns and Peralta and Woodruff and Miley and you get all these guys going. Devin Williams continues to be stellar in the back end of the bullpen. Completely different team. Completely different team. 877-867-1670. Find us. Good to have you on board all day today, but find us because uh, good discussion, really good discussion. Uh, this one, who's this one from? This is from David. David says, uh, hey, Bill, uh, do you think Craig Council gets frustrated with moving guys around all the time as well? It seems like every move he makes right now doesn't seem to pay off. Well, that's not true because they've got more wins than losses. You, you can't look at it as a single move that doesn't work out defines a manager, you know? Uh, it's as long as you have more positive moves than negative moves, you're a better manager. And if you can minimize the negative moves, you're a really good manager. 
And if you minimize the negative moves with talent, you're a great manager. You know? Joe Torre didn't have to do a whole lot. He could write out the lineup 92-93 and on for the Yankees. He had a great team. He had good leadership on that team, right? Derek Jeter and company, they led that team. Jeter, Mariano Rivera in the back end of the pen. I mean, you go through the list of guys they had. They were great. All he had to do was fill out the lineup, not get in the way, make a couple of pitching moves, make sure they were right, and that was it. Go back to a guy like Tommy Lasorda, Sparky Anderson. Those guys had some great teams given to them. All they had to do was not get in the way, manage the egos, and make a few good moves. Kevin said, uh, can't agree more. Uh, I think Craig Council is a good manager, maybe on the verge of being a great manager if he was just given better talent. How good do you think he would be? That's a great question. He had a really good team, 2018-19. He's kept them consistently in the postseason. Plus 500 record, winning as, Brewer, winning as manager in Brewers history, and has done it with, we'll say, average to above average talent and pretty good pitching. Has never been given a $300 million payroll to say, go out and, and win. Go out and manage these guys. And there's something to be said. Look, there's something to be said. For, and Jeff brought it up. There, he said, uh, look at what happened to the Mets. They brought in all these guys for high-dollar contracts, and it's been a woeful disaster. There's something to be said for, again, spending money, but spending money right and putting the right amount of minds, egos, personalities together in a clubhouse. You spend a lot of time on the road. You spend a lot of time in the clubhouse together. You spend a lot of time being together. You know, it's not like football where – you practice at home three days a week. Monday, you're looking at film. Tuesday, you're off. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you're practicing. Then you fly out on a Saturday, fly home on a Sunday night. You can be gone for 10, even 12 days at a time in Major League Baseball. You spend a lot of time on the road with these guys. If you don't have the right personalities, if you don't have the right characters, it can become problematic. So there's an art to being able to put the talent and the personality and the wanting to win and the wherewithal and all that such in with a manager who can talk to them, who can guide them, who can lead them, and massage all of those egos and put it all together on a nightly basis. Something to be said for that. He's been pretty good at it. You can't deny that. Uh, Grant says, when does Grant Bills start? Anxious to, anxious to hear your banter with Grant. Uh, next week. Next week, I believe. We'll see, uh, we'll see the, uh, the emergence of one young Grant Bills coming to the program. Don says, uh, do you think Mark Antanasio will decide to spend a little money at the trade deadline, or do you think that they cut back and they just try to find a couple of retreads, as always? Uh, and then he also says the over and under on Mark Antanasio actually showing his face to the media and then saying, yeah, we were in on that. Oh, I'm not Vegas. I don't think, um, boy, that's a great question. That's a great question. I don't think, at least as of right now, there is not a lot of big names being bannered about, right? So I don't think you're going to hear the 
we were in on that for a big name. If you're talking about a big name player, I mean, there could be one or two guys that could be of interest and they're making their way into the Brewers discussion. And if the Brewers just simply don't get them because they don't want to trade away some of their pieces and or, you know, whatever, if they feel the deal's not worth it, then you could hear that. But uh, I don't think there's enough big name players that are going to be on the move at the trade deadline for the Brewers to say, oh, we were in on that. Money's no object. Because I think that's the second half of the discussion, isn't it? That's what we heard last year. The Juan Soto deal came up. Oh, no, we were in on that. We were, oh, we were looking at that wholeheartedly. Oh, yeah, we, you know, no problem. It's not about the money. Yeah, it was. It was all about the money. That's a lie. So I, I don't think, I don't think we're going to hear that. I'd have to, I'd have to, if I'm going to be a betting man, I'm going to bet against it. I'm going to bet against it. 877-867-1670. Jason says, uh, you're going to get a letter from Mark. It's going to say, dear Milwaukee Brewers fans. And I can't wait to hear the rest of that, what that letter is going to sound like, to be honest with you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, this portion of the program brought to you by friends out there in La Crosse at Every Plumbing and Heating, Craig Every. Third generation running every plumbing and heating and air conditioning as well, especially this time of year and this type of day today. With all the smoke we've been getting, a lot of people staying indoors, being advised to stay indoors. Got to have clean filter systems, breathe fresh air, breathe clean air, stay inside while this stuff uh, passes. Serving La Crosse, Trempolo, Monroe, Vernon, and Jackson counties, every plumbing and heating, a third generation uh, plumbing and heating and air conditioning business, family-owned business, which was started and founded by a Korean War veteran in Clayton Avery back in 1969. Big supporters of the motorcycle ride. Thanks to them for coming on board. And by the way, if you're looking for a job, they are hiring. They are hiring to help you train, too. Located in on Alaska. Call them 608-783-2803. 608-783-2803. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show. On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. I brought the I brought the boat home yesterday. I'll give you a quick testimonial here, real quick. Brought it home yesterday, and Skipper Buzz did a fantastic job on it. Okay, but I bring it home, and uh, anytime you bring a boat home after storing it, you're always kind of like, oh, God, it's going to be a mess to clean up. There's going to be mold or mildew or what have you. So uh, my buddy Dwayne from Dwayne's Covered All uh, last year, beginning of last season, put a new uh, travel cover and cover on it and put in the air you know, flow thing and all that stuff, and it's, it's been awesome. So I pulled the cover off because I wanted to just test it, start it up, all that kind of stuff. Uh, make sure the batteries are good and skipper buds. I touched the key, just touch, just, tw- just put it in neutral, and just tick, twisted the key, and boom, fired right up. And so much so that I had to just shut it off right away because it ran right away. But when I, I, much to my surprise, much to my surprise, when I pulled the cover back after sitting outside and sitting in rain and all that kind of stuff, when I pulled the cover back, no mildew. Very little dirt. It was like all I got to do is wipe it down and it's ready to go. No major cleaning, no major problems. I mean, even the life vests that were folded up and put in the compartments 
were bone dry, no mold, no mildew. It, it's fantastic. I'm telling you, he does great work. If you got a boat, you got to go to him. If you need an awning out in front of your business, you got to go to him. You got gym equipment, office furniture, something in your home. Go to Dwayne's, D-U-A-N-E-S, Dwayne's Cover It All.com. That's Dwayne's Cover It All.com. Call him a 715-870-2119, Great stuff from our buddy Dwayne at Dwayne's Cover It All. Boat covery, upholstery, awnings, you name it, he can do it. Good, good stuff. Thanks to Dwayne. Um, sitting here talking some Brewers baseball. Um, <laughs> uh Jason also said that no chance Mark Antanasio comes out between the hater trade, Stearns, public funding, pay, playoff race, all that kind of stuff. No way he comes out. No way Mark Antanasio speaks. Uh, and uh, Jason said if it wasn't for him taking walks, uh, they would run his ass out of town. Last week he was booed by the home crowd, blah, 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 the Juan Soto thing. Not anything special. Um, he said, just uh, let me add, being in on Juan Soto is not anything special. No, but he was one of the bigger names. He was probably the biggest name. Remember, there was a lot of discussion on where he would go when San Diego came in and swooped him up between Machado and, and company. I mean, they got a lot of money invested in that team, and uh, they have not lived up to expectations either. Machado and Soto and Hader even, all of that, they have not lived up to expectations. So, uh, And, yeah, I mean, Mark Mark knows what's at stake in all of this. I don't doubt that. But, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, I just don't expect, uh, maybe I'm wrong. I'd love to see the Brewers prove me wrong, but I don't expect the team to do much, but I do expect them to add a bat at the trade deadline, provided they come out of this last week and a half with, uh, sitting right either where they're at now or the lead in the National League Central. If they fall four, three, four, five games back, then no, I don't I don't expect them to do anything at all. But when you look at it and think, okay, you got two more against New York, then Pittsburgh, four against the Cubs, three against Cincinnati, you know there's there's some hay to be made. And if they can do that, let's just say they do that, then you kind of look at it and go, you know what, this might not be a bad way to go. Yeah, just go ahead and start pushing those chips to the middle of the table. There's going to be a lot that's going to be going on here in the next week and a half that's going to make a determination as to what the Brewers or yeah, what the Brewers are going to do. No doubt. 877-867-1670. Find us uh, again 877-867-1670. Uh this one's from Craig. Craig says, uh, "Hey Bill, uh, he says, uh, I believe the Brewers are going to be right there at the very end. Hopefully they don't disappoint us. But what happens once they get once they get into the postseason? Then what? The team still can't hit. You may have good pitching, but the hitting is crap. Craig, uh, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Uh, sometimes you can get into the postseason and things begin to ignite. It just changes the level. It changes the energy. It changes the excitement. And if the Brewers, who will already have good pitching, you would assume, okay, because you should have your Burns, Woodruff, Peralta, Miley, four-man rotation going, okay? You would assume. That's pretty solid. And you got the Corey Rays of the world and such filling in in the middle relief, and then obviously Devin Williams in the back end of the bullpen. That's pretty solid. And 
then you're talking about not necessarily needing to score four and five runs a game. But you can win a game three to two, three to one, because your pitching can shut down good hitting. We know that. You just need you need Corbin Burns to find his the location on his cutter again. You know? That you 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 need just a little bit more. You need to get rid of some of those blow-up innings out of Freddie Peralta where he cruises along and all of a sudden he throws a 30-pitch fourth inning and gives up two home runs along the way, you know, and just mildly to be consistent the way he was at the beginning of the season. Let's go back to the phones. Let's talk to Louie listening to us in Eau Claire. Louie, welcome to the program, man. What's going on? How you doing? Hey, Unit. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, you know, the Brewers had a lot of success when since David Stearns has been around, but – I think one of the things that hasn't been talked about is they've done a pretty poor job of developing hitters. I mean, you look at the the lineup now, you know, Telez, Adamas, Winker, even Yelich, uh, even Urias, Contreras. These people all came from another organization, and they were either traded for or signed for agency. I think Weimer is really the only consistent guy in the lineup now who's a, kind of a call-up from the Brewers minor league system. They've done a really nice job, like you said, with, uh, you know, with uh, Woodruff and Peralta and Burns developing pitching and even the bullpen with. Dope. Then we lost him. Dropped off. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. There you go. Something happened. Hopefully he's okay and didn't hit a pole or something. Uh, look, I, I going back to what you were saying. Um, again, I think second half of the season wise, uh, you know, I'm just hoping that some of these guys begin to creep back towards the back of their baseball card. Rowdy Telez gets a little bit power numbers back on track. Adamas, unless he gets traded away, Adamas suddenly begins to find himself, you know, Luis Urias is just an enigma. I mean, it just a couple of years ago looked so good. Just own the third base job. Just look like, man, he is going to be the future. And it has been a... A disappointment between third, first, and just to find a, an additional depth in the outfield guy. It, th- those are your three positions. If you know, like even Contreras has been down from what you thought he would be coming into the season. Now he's starting to hit a little bit better and bring the numbers up a little bit. But you'd like to see him even bring those numbers up more. You know, solid catcher, but you, offensively speaking, you really thought you were going to get about a two sixty average or better out of the catching position, something we haven't seen consistently for a while now. So I I would love to see some of that begin to come up, and that would cure a lot of the, the, their own ills. But I still think you're going to need a spark of some type. And let's be honest, okay? At this point, you might figure to yourself, the Brewers make a move just to make a move, to bring in – you always want to bring in a bat. You always want to bring in somebody that's going to be quality. But think about it this way. Remember last year they made a move, and it basically sent the message, you can't win. We're gutting it for money. We're going to see if a few of these guys stick. They didn't, and it just it demoralized the clubhouse. Okay, we heard that from numerous people in the clubhouse. This year, this year, um, you might make that move that says, I believe you guys can win. I believe you guys can win. 
Now, the whole thing about the discussion of starting pitching and being able to develop it, it's been something we've been hoping for for a long time. That's what we've talked about is the disappointment is the Brewers have finally started to develop some pitching and bring it up through the minor league system only to then when it comes of age to get rid of it because you can't afford it. We, we th- That's been a discussion we have had numerous times so far this season. It's disappointing. That's where the argument of not spending any money comes into play. But let's be honest, okay? On one hand, it sucks. It sucks to be the minor league team for a lot of big market teams who are going to go out and buy the pitching, and they're going to go on, and you would assume, win a lot of games. However, let's say a guy like Otani, who's just throwing lights out right now. A guy like Corbin Burns, who has proven he can win a Cy Young, solid pitcher, have a little bit of a down year, but still overall has had a good career. He's still looking at about 175 to 225 million dollars. Are the Brewers going to pay that? Like I said yesterday, I'd rather pay the 130 million for four years than pay 250 over the next eight to ten. Don't get locked into the long contracts. And then the, the way you present it is, I'll pay you a little bit more and I'll give you a second bite of the apple in four years. That's the way you keep fans happy. The problem is a lot of guys don't want that. They want the extra $100 million. They don't care if they suck and, and, or if they can do it again in four years. They know then $200 million's in the bank. They don't want one hundred and forty. And another bite at the apple. They don't want pay-for-play, prove-it contracts. What they feel is, we toiled away in the minors. We've already proven ourselves. Therefore, we've got the right to go out and get this big contract. And we can be done with it. Because everybody knows, your best playing days come between the ages of 28 and 31 in Major League Baseball. So why would you try to take another bite at the apple at the age of 33 or 34? Give me the $10 million. That way, when I get to 33 34 35 36 37 I'm already collecting $20, $30 million a year. And we all know that I'm going to be past my prime at that point. That's the reason the contracts are so warped in Major League Baseball right now. Because that's the way guys look at it. And I, you know what? Between you, me, and the fence post, I don't blame them. Wouldn't you and I do it? You and I would sit here on our moralistic high ground and say, no, I'm going to play the next four years for the $160 million or $140 million, and I'm going to earn it again because, I, no. If somebody comes to you, if the Yankees come to you and say, rather than spending uh, the time in the next four years toiling away for another contract, why don't we just give you $250 million right now or $230 million right now, and we'll make it over the next eight years? So you know where you're going to be, you know where your family's going to be, and you also know you have $230 million in the bank as opposed to $130. You're a $100 million man more. You're done. It's, a, it's an ancestry deal. So your ancestors, all your kin from here on out, your next legacy, next generation, generation after that, everybody's got money, right? You die, everybody's got money, unless they just blow it. But you, you have nothing... That's just what somebody out there is going to do, some team's going to do. I think if you really wanted to make it, uh, get rid of if you want if you're not going to get the salary cap, limit the number of years on a contract. 
limit the number of years on a contract and make it like the NBA where you get first right of refusal as the team that actually owns the rights. Secondly, you can pay that team, pay that player more money than the other teams can and max out some of those deals and make it more of a luxury tax situation. If you don't want to go to a hard salary cap, go to something like that. But that'll never happen. You know, it's the old ifs and buts and dreams and all that kind of crap. You know, it is what it is. 877-867-1670. That's the phone number. Call it up. Give us your thoughts. Hey, our friends at Curly's Waterfront Pub and Grill, they are going to be a great place. Great place this coming uh, Friday. Or, excuse me, this coming uh, next Tuesday. Uh, If you can, by chance, squeeze up on that deck, it's a great place to watch the Pewaukee fireworks. So, and probably just to get some food over the weekend, maybe you pull your boat up to uh, Smokey's dock there, run over to Curly's, grab the carryout, and go back to your boat and hang out on the water all day out of Pewaukee Lake. But Curly's Waterfront Sports Bar and Grill, that is the place to go. Curly's Waterfront Sports Bar and Grill, Pewaukee Lake, Lakeview Boulevard in Pewaukee. Tell them, Ryan and the staff, we sent you. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. the land you defend that is the motto from our friends at veterans america they stepped up this year james mercado and the group did and they said look we want to be a part of the motorcycle ride we want to help you out whatever expenses you have give them to us and that's what they did they they are a top va lender for home buyers if you are a veteran and you've gone to the credit unions and all that kind of stuff these are the people then to go and see zero down payments no pmi Better, a little bit looser, as they say, credit uh, requirements uh, and uh, thousands of possibilities. But they really do work with veterans and military members. Call my buddy James. Doesn't matter where in the state of Wisconsin you are. 262-745-3333. 262-745-3333. They dedicate everything to helping military members, military families, and veterans when it comes to uh, home ownership or refinancing and stuff. And their motto is, own the land you've defended. Uh, own the land you defend. There you go. That's our friends from Veteran America. Uh, again, call James, 262-745-3333, 262-745-3333. Uh, coming up after the top of the hour, I uh, was asked a question, and I'll ask you, uh, the top ten quarterbacks in the National Football League, with the most pressure on them this season. We'll get into that discussion coming up after the top of the hour. Um, Greg says, Bill, what I struggle with this, uh, what I struggle with, uh, with, what I struggle with is this. Has this coaching staff made any of these players in this team better batters or offensive players? I feel we just continue to struggle offensively. Hmm. No. You want an honest answer? I mean, to the eyeball test, no. Some guys have had good at bats. Some guys have had good moments. Um, But how many guys have gotten better on the back of their baseball card 
with each passing year as a Milwaukee Brewer? That's a great question. How many guys have gotten consistently better? Like every year you look at the back of their baseball card, and like one year it's 237 batting average, the next year it's 248 batting average, the next year it's 256 batting average, the next year it's 270 batting average. What guy has consistently gotten better? Now, I don't know what the league average is when it comes to guys getting better each and every year. Okay, I don't. Some guys are just, you know, they'll bat 270, the next year's 262, the next year's 274, the next year's 278, the next year's 268. You know, some guys are just there. That's their average. That's what they do in Major League Baseball. They're very consistent. But what players have gotten consistently better when it comes to offense as Milwaukee Brewers, does that then give you the thought that something very systemic is wrong? That's a great question. Well, it makes you think, doesn't it? I No, I don't have everybody's lifetime stats sitting here in front of me. It would take me a little while to look it up. But what players, or, or maybe more so, what percentage of players have gotten better? You're always going to find a guy or two, but are there guys that are consistently good, average? Do they always stay about the same or get a little bit better? What is the percentage? Because if you got guys that come into your system and they're 268 lifetime hitters or 259 lifetime hitters, and then the three years you have them, they're 240, 242, and 240, you know, 239— do you look at that as age? Do you look at it as their better years are behind them? Or do you look at it as, as they came into your system, they stunk? You know what I mean? That's a great question. What team, because you got to ask, okay, what team is good at developing pitching on the consistent? And what team is, is good at developing offense on the consistent? Wow, that's a, that's a, that's a great question. Great question. I don't know. I wish I I wish I knew. But that is a really good question. Certainly to the eyeball test, we can say this team has gotten rid of hitting coaches, hired hitting coach, hired hitting coaches. You know, in recent history, it's not been good. But what team has been really good at developing offense consistently? You know, we all know St. Louis has been pretty good at developing pitching over time. You know, you look at, say, in recent uh, recent history, Houston's been good at developing some offense. Um, certainly Tampa Bay has. Atlanta is always one of the constants. That's a great question. It's hard to look at the big market teams like New York and Boston and L.A. And, you know, you look at those and you go, well, you know, are they developing? Are they trading? Are they moving pieces? Are they getting, you know, or are they just buying talent? But when it comes to the consistent development of talent, San Francisco maybe, the consistent development of talent, wow, that's a great question. That's pretty deep, man. Deep on a Wednesday, making me think. I like that. I like that.
Uh, by the way, Wade Miley coming up tonight, 610 Central Time, 5-2 and two with that 291 ERA. Wade Miley. I'll go with that. I, I, I said at the beginning of the season, Wade Miley, if Woodruff comes back and pitches pretty well and you get Burns turned around, what could be kind of the unsung hero, one of the one of the caveats to this, it could be Wade Miley. If he goes back to throwing the ball the way he did and gives you consistency the way he did a couple of years ago, he could really add that depth that you need to that to that uh, pitching rotation. Before you know it, man, offensively speaking, if you just get something, you can start winning a lot of games because you can run four consistent arms out there. 877-867-1670, uh, Let's see here. What else do we have here for you? Um, oh, this was from Don. Don says, hey, Bill, I like the way you think. Uh, I am uh, in agreement with you. The eyeball test will tell you that this team has not gotten consistently better. A lot of guys have come up, and then they've struggled. They've gone back down. They've hit the hell out of the baseball. Then they come back up. You don't need to look any further than Keston Hura. Uh, let's go back to the phones. Talk to Jerry listening to us in Mount Horeb. Jerry, how you doing today, man? What you thinking? Not bad, Bill. How you doing? So far, so good, man. So far, so good. Good. good What's good. up? Well, I'm kind of, I'm kind of Mr. Small Ball. So uh, as far as getting offense going, uh, you know, you always went for one run an inning. You always got that first guy on. You moved him over somehow, and you try to base hit him in. These guys swing for the fence way too much. I mean, if they don't hit a home run, they, you know, they're only batting like two hundred. Mm-hmm. They're only batting like 200. I, I, I got a question for you, too. Uh, since they, since this year they quit the shift, has batting average has gone up? They keep consistently trying to help the hitters, and it's just not working. And I, 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 don't think they, I don't think batting has gone up at all. I, I would sooner see some guys that get a hitting coach that can teach these guys from both sides of the plate to bunt the ball if you need to move a runner late in the game or – you know, like yesterday, how many guys did we leave on base? Even try to squeeze once in a while. I mean, Christ, Madden and Chicago used to do that once in a while. Get, right. your, get the defense, uh, you know, get the defense throwing the ball around. Uh, I would appreciate like to see that a little bit more often. No, I, I completely agree with you. I'm just going to go back and give you your answer to your question real quick. Um, thanks, for, thanks for the phone call. You ask about batting averages. They are up this year. Uh, not up a lot. Uh, they were, uh, they're up to 248. So you go back to 2000 and say, let's see here. Okay. 2000, let's just take 2010. They were 257 then 255, 255, 253, 251. They bounced back to 254 in 2015, 255 in 16, 255 in 17. Then it went to 248. In 2018, 252 it bounced back up, then 245, 244, 243. Last year, 243 was a just a bad year. Um, are they where they were, say, going back to 2008? 2006, they were at 269. They were at 271 in 1999. So overall... Batting from 1999 to 2023, where it sits right now at 248, which is five points higher than it was last year. Five points higher than it was last year. By the way, uh, the amount of no-hitters 
and one hitters this year are down compared to the last couple. Um, the strikeout ratio this year, though, is at an all-time high. All-time high. And again, it goes back to the grip it and rip it and all or nothing. Um, you go back to, say, 1999. Um, let's see here. Uh, hang on a second here. Trying to trying to go through this. Uh, strikeouts this year, eight point five nine per game. It was eight point six eight per game in twenty twenty one. Eight point six eight per game in twenty twenty. So that's strikeouts are down a little bit, and that's a lot due uh, to what many believe to be the shift. But you go back to again nineteen ninety nine, where strikeouts were six point four one. Versus 8.59. Strikeouts are up. Uh, the strikeouts were at their lowest in 2005 at 6.30. Same thing with 1995. Since then, it's gone steadily up 6.52, 6.27791, then 7.06, And then the last two years, uh, it's dropped off a little bit. But eight, it's back up now at 8.59. So strikeouts are back up. But strikeouts have consistently become more acceptable uh, over the last couple of decades. So since 1991, when batting average was batting averages were 271 with 6.41 strikeouts per game, batting average is now 2.48, 248 with an 8.59 strikeout per game. So there's there's just some stats for you. Uh, Woefully late for a break. Woefully late for a break. Let's do this. We'll step out. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. Stay tuned. We've got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome to Palo Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. May I take your order? I'd like nine windows, please. Of course. All our products are custom-made just for you. I'm hoping they'll match my home. Of course they can. Have it your way. Excuse me? We're talking about windows, right? Yes. We customize any decor. Our design options are virtually limitless. Even more customized than your coffee. So you're like my personal barista for windows and doors. Exactly. And you couldn't have picked a better time because if you customize your order by August 31st, you can bundle and save big. Good deal. That was easy. Thank you. Drive through. Pella's premium wood windows and patio doors feature distinguished craftsmanship and nearly endless possibilities. Bundle and save when you customize your order by August 31st at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Visit PellaWI.com. Our friends out at Lux Golf Bays, uh, go to LuxGolfBays.com. They remind you that not only are the Lux Golf Bays open, and they're open year-round, by the way, but uh, there's a lot to do out at the Rock Complex in Franklin because you've got the umbrella bar with music and such. You've got uh, the baseball fields that are open. You've got the baseball stadium with the Milwaukee Milkmen that are playing there. 
Lux Golf Bays are open. You've got the new uh, Pizzeria and Restaurante, which is right next door. And you've got uh, the Mix Bar uh, that's right across the street. I mean, there's so much going on in that complex. You can pretty much walk in there any day of the week and do something. So if you want to hit, you know, kind of straighten out your swing and work on it a little bit throughout the season, go to LuxGolfBays.com. Lux, L-U-X-E, LuxGolfBays.com. Awesome place, and I highly recommend it. But if you just want to go relax, go to the Umbrella Bar, catch a game, go to the Franklin uh, Baseball Complex, watch the kids play. Uh, maybe you want to go next door to the Italian restaurant and the pizzeria that just opened up. So much good stuff. The Barrel House that just opened up. So they, they got a lot of stuff going on over there. A lot of stuff going on. One-stop shop for Dan near everything. Again, go to LuxGolfBays.com. Coming up after the top of the hour, uh, I was asked uh, quarterbacks that have the most pressure on them. And there's a lot you can talk about. And it's all up for, uh, you know, for your own opinion, I guess. But I'll give you the top ten and why coming up after the top of the hour. The top ten quarterbacks in the National Football League that have the most pressure on them this season. And I will tell you why coming up here after the top of the hour. So stay tuned for that. Stay tuned for that. A lot of good stuff yet to go. Some of the statistics for Major League Baseball that I just gave you, too, rather daunting, aren't they? When you talk about the overall offensive prowess of baseball, how it's just dropped off. No wonder the action of baseball needs to be sped up because, I mean, when you've got batting averages that have fallen over 30 points in the last two decades on average, oof, not good, not good, not putting the ball in play nearly enough. Pitching has gotten far better far faster than hitter's ability to catch up with a 95-mile-an-hour fastball and then the off-speed stuff that comes behind it. Stay tuned. Another hour yet to go. Bill Michael Show continues right after this.